Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Dale Barrett. Dale, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Really good. Very You've good. been on your travels this week? I have. Yeah, I've been um, up and down the country. I, I came back from Oxford yesterday, delivering down in Oxford, so that was good. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I thought I'd grab you in the podcast room. Um, it's rare that we're both in the office together at the minute, yeah. but um, topic we was discussing, I think it was last week now, mm-hmm. um, is how to manage performance in the public sector. Yeah. And if I just explain what I mean by that, Dale, and why that's important... Um, we work with different sectors, whether it's sports, whether it's public sector, whether it's private sector. And as many people will know who have ever worked with Trans2, we work on leadership and we talk through some models around how you manage underperformance where the behaviors are not correct. They're not showing the right behaviors and coachability and they're not performing. So it's the classic performance improvement zone right? PIP, as they call it in the corporate world. Yeah, It's the classic, you're a leader and you have to do something. You have to deal with this. Either coach them to drive up their performance or if they're not doing the job they're paid to do or that is required of them or they're becoming overly toxic or whatever it might be, you've got to deal with it, right? Yeah. In the corporate sector, it's a little bit more easy. And I'll speak frankly, Dale, quite the reason it's easy is because you can sack them, (laughs) right? And that might seem harsh, but you can. You can absolutely follow a process as long as you followed the right process and showed support and your intentions are to help that individual. If they're not helping themselves and they're not not able to deliver upon what they're required to, you can either terminate their employment or you can move them out with the support of HR. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a consequence to underperformance in the corporate world. Sports, you can sell players or athletes. You can get rid of them, right? If you can, you know, you there's ways you can manage underperformance. Public sector, and I'm talking specifically fire service, which you're very well versed in. I'm talking NHS. I'm talking police, education, whatever it might be. It's not as easy to do that. Mm. So we call it the straight bat zone, don't we, in our model? You know, yeah. underperformance negative behaviors is the straight bat zone. You've got to play it with a straight bat. And now is the time to start setting some metrics and timelines and we've got to start improving. So what I want to explore, Dale, is given your vast experience in the public sector, is for leaders out there who have people who are underperforming and not showing the right behaviors. And given the fact that they can't just sack people, you know, as easy as other sectors, how can leaders deal with it? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Actually, you you touched on the sporting analogy, didn't you? And mm. uh, and I used that yesterday. Um, if you don't manage it as a manager, ultimately it'll cost you your job. You know, um, if you think about Manchester United, Paul Pogba, the the dressing room, the the feeling that was in there, the the only person who actually lost their job, they didn't move the player on. They, it was Ollie, wasn't it? It was Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. So, you as a manager, you need to keep a really close eye on on how productive the team is, the productivity there. And, um, you know, if you start to get this little creep of a, a toxic environment, you need to deal with it really, really quickly. Okay, so let's look at the fire service then. You've yeah. been in the fire service how long, Dale? Uh, just coming up to 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. So yeah. you've seen this uh, come and go. You've seen it happen lots of times. So in the fire service, um, 
with the unions and yeah. you know the complexity of of the public sector at times what if people are underperforming i.e. not doing the job they're required to do but more importantly they're not showing any desire intention or the right behaviors and mindset to be able to make an improvement to that performance mm. how do you deal how 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 do you deal with it when you can't just come in and go right meeting 30 days these are the metrics you either hit them or we move to the next stage yeah well you can't do that as easily so have you seen it happen often and if so and and, and answer my question Dale is it a challenge it is a challenge um however we are the same as any sort of other organization out there we have really good HR partners who who guide us through the process um, but when it comes to um, performance and capability I mean your first part is having a really good policy and procedure behind you and that's your bedrock and then you can sort of build off that but um, yeah, there is this sort of uh, con- uh, conception around, you know, getting rid of people in the public sector is, is harder. However, you know, with tighter budgets now, um, the, the, the key is is having everybody performing at the best they can because we can't afford to, to carry people anymore. Every, every you know, in the public sector, public sector life, it's, it's, it's service, um, you know, and, and we, we try and make sure every contact counts. So everyone who works, whether you're front facing, behind the scenes, you know, you know, everybody has to play their part. So, you know, understanding um, performance and capability, it's it's not really about the metrics. It's about holding people to account around value. Yeah. You know, and if you have a really good set of ethics, you know, uh, you know, in the fire service, we have a, a core code of ethics. Or if in in other parts of the public sector, they, they abide by the Nolan principles, the seven principles of public service. Um, you can really dig down into that and. When you when you're bringing people in around performance and capability, you hold them to account around honesty, integrity, you know, um, openness. Um, you know, are we actually um, putting our communities first, or or is this you know this performance around being um, you know a selfless act or a selfish act? You yeah. Know? So it's and- di- it's digging down, um, and it's understanding. You know, when, when we talk about metrics. Um, there's there's probably um, the potential for investment in their coachability, you know, giving them a, a period of time to to get them out of this place that we're in at the moment, you know, sh- show an increase in performance by putting something in place. Um, things like, um, you know, gross misconduct, you know, that that's that's separate to what we're talking about because we can do something about yeah. that. We're, we're talking about um, how we increase performance in, in our people. Yeah, absolutely. Gross misconduct, yeah. even in the public sector or negligence or whatever it might be, can be an instant dismissal or you yeah. can actually take action and suspend or remove from duties, whatever it might be. What we're talking about is people who, you know, are not quite uh, doing the job properly or to the certain standard, although it's not negligent and it's certainly not gross misconduct. Yeah. But more importantly, they're just disengaged, unhappy, yeah. they moan, they're toxic, you know. So there's there's no real mindset or desire to improve. Now that's the problem because that can filter into the wider team. That toxicity can mm. spread. They can recruit allies. They can, you know, they can ha- they can change the dynamic of a team. And I think this is why, although public sector spend is always under scrutiny and and you're always trying to manage to a budget and come in, you know, under budget or on budget. The spend on leadership development doesn't waver because I think there's a recognition that actually the only way to deal with this situation in the public sector, given you can't just hire and fire, yeah. is 
we've got to increase our leadership capability Absolutely, to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why leadership development in the public sector doesn't seem to waver because it's like one of the fundamental, most important things to being able to deal with underperformance. Yeah. It's down to the leader of that team. So let me just loop back into something you said there, Dale. It's a leader's ability in a team to deal with that underperformance by um, driving a level of accountability and ownership with the individual. Yeah. But rather than doing that just by big stick and threats and directiveness, which never works in the public sector because someone will turn around to you and say, what are you going to do? Sack me. Yeah. Right? What you're saying is public sector particularly really benefits from when the whole team, even at a peer level, are abiding by a set of values and guidelines and principles. So they're directly or indirectly holding you to account. Yeah. So you become the minority. Is that what you're sort of saying? So, um, I mean, we just briefly touched on it uh, a minute ago, talking over a coffee. Is that, um, you, you can kind of look at it from two ways. There's climate and there's culture, and I think you call it environment, don't you? Um, yes. You know, so if you're trying to change the culture in an organization, it starts with you. You as a leader, you as a role model, you know, displaying the right sort of values that you want your team to, to abide by. Um and then hopefully the team will, will come with you. And if you build, you know, the you know the the the, the sort of culture in the team where where we, we put our communities first, we, you know, everything that we do, make every contact count, um, you know, hold people account accountable for what their their disciplines, their particular part of the the service is. Then that's one thing. But the climate is the other. So what we need to understand is, um, particularly now with um, the cost of living and financial pressures that people might be under, there, there may be reasons for underperformance, and and we can't just you know blanket with people with you're you're not performing i'm giving you 90 days you know these are the metrics we need to understand why that is so and you know we've we've talked about this before about you know to really get down under under the skin of the why why are you behaving like this you, you generally have to ask four or five times don't you and that what, requires why? every leader yeah on the front line with teams not so much front line but every leader of a team to have the skills and traits to be able to a engage their people mm. b ask the right questions yep. c listen and then d with the knowledge you've obtained take action yeah do something about it yeah and i find them four steps are severely lacking in the public sector and i'll tell you why because everybody's busy under-resourced overworked so taking a 10-minute coffee to speak with a team member who's not quite performing or who's disengaged or who's becoming negative to go on that mission of discovery and find out why is not a priority for them. Mm. So we end up, they end up defaulting to, like you said, straight into the, you're not performing. I'm going to give you a directive. You need to improve and it become, and then they become more combative and disengaged. Yeah. There's an old saying, people don't leave organizations. They leave managers. Yeah. And I think that's never more of a truer statement than in the public sector. Mm. You know, my wife works in the public sector for the NHS and her shift fundamentally is defined by who she's on with. Mm. Sometimes she'll leave the house and go, oh, can't wait for tonight. I'm on with so-and-so because she knows it's going to be a good shift because she's got a great band seven leader on and that's going to make her experience. Or she'll be dreading the shift because there might be somebody else on who doesn't engage, doesn't listen, doesn't communicate, who is a bit dictatorial, who is unempathetic mm. so i think what we're sort of looping round to here dale in the public sector is we ask the question how do you manage underperformance how do you manage 
that straight back zone when people are coming slightly negative in their behaviors and they're certainly not performing. But what you're saying there is first and foremost, right, we've got to try and get back some accountability yeah. by against the values and the principles and the frameworks that we we live yeah. by. But in order to do that, you've got to go on the mission of discovery first. You can't jump in. It's like, let's find out what the root cause of this is. Exactly. It, you know, it's not as straightforward as, um, and, you know, I think this is where the sort of uh, misconception around it, it, you know, you can't you can't get sacked from the public sector. It takes a, quite a while. It's not really. It's just we're invested more in people because ultimately the public sector is all about people. It's that end point of contact with our, you know, our, our communities. So we need to invest time in, in getting down to the bottom of things. But um, you've, you've touched on it and it's, it's making people accountable and, and what it is is bringing back into focus consequence that no matter what part you play within this sector ultimately the end point which is um, contact with the community they will suffer yeah. so if it's if you're if you're in training if you're in protection prevention engagement whatever it is you you play a massive part and underperformance especially now with with tighter budgets and, and less people is key you, you've got to be performing at your best all the time so if we can invest in that and, and you know bring someone back into you know back into focus in, in terms of where we need to be in, in terms of value and the way to do that is again asking why and ultimately if you ask why enough times and we get past the stock answers well you know it's a job it's um you know it's secure all them sorts of things you know if you actually get that people want to help people you know people are joining especially in the fire service they want to help people so let's really work on that how how can you help people if you're underperforming we need to dig down what do we need to put in place to make, make sure that happens do you understand the consequence if you're not performing at your best the end point you know that that community suffers so it's, it's making them realize not not you telling them giving them the metrics and saying, you know, I need this, you know, this improvement from you. I need to see, that. you need to see that for yourself. You need right. to understand what you, what, what you're playing. So this is a key part of this podcast, right? Because I think we need to try and answer this question. Right? Yeah. Because I think we've navigated to this point to, if anybody's listening from the public sector, I think they're probably thinking, yep, get it. And however. Yeah. Because what am I, I'm about to say. So, you, you go on the, so let's say you have a leader. There's underperformance in the team with a level of negativity or toxicity. Yeah. They show empathy. They make time. They engage them. They go on the mission of discovering. They ask the right questions. They be patient. And then they find out the answers as to why that individual is underperforming or disengaged. Mm -hmm. There'll be two roads that come out of this. The first road is there'll be, the answers will be things you can fix as a leader well, I don't like working with so-and-so. Mm. We don't get on, right? You can you can fix that with shift patterns, with a bit of facilitation. Mediation, yeah. Yeah, a bit of, you know, mediation, whatever it might be. You can, you can try and fix that, right? But let's say, and there'll be another, a lot of other examples of where, you know, I don't, I can't do night shifts. It throws my body clock. It does this, that, and the other, whatever it might be, right? So there might be things you can control out of that mission of discovery, which will get that person back engaged and increase their performance. Mm. But there's a hell of a lot, Dale, that you can't control. Yeah. When someone, when a firefighter or a nurse or a police officer sits there and says, I don't get paid enough for this shit. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, you can't impact that. You can't say, okay, I'll pay you more money. You can't fix that for them. Yeah. And, and you can try and you know, coach them and acknowledge and show empathy and, you know, get them to realize their purpose again and why they do what they do. But the reality of their disengagement is real for them. Yeah. 
And there's many other scenarios like that. Listen, um, every time I come on a shift, we're undermanned because people are on sick. Um, you know, people are leaving the profession. So the 12 hour shifts that I'm doing are far more hectic. I don't even have time to eat lunch, right? You, you as a leader can't fix that at your level necessarily, if that makes sense. So on the big stuff that where, where you've gone that mission of discovery and, and people, you know, start opening up about the reasons why they're feeling negative, you know, their mindset's not right. They're moaning a lot. They're becoming that victim mentality. They're not performing, whatever it might be. That's the harder part, the harder road to walk as a leader. Yeah. It's not impossible because, you know, you've got to try and deal with it and respond. But I guess if I'm listening to this as a public sector leader, that's the most challenging scenario that I face. Yeah. There's there's a, it's almost like a, a switch. It starts very early though. If you're a good leader, you've got your close to the ground, you, you engage with your team, you, you, you start to see these little changes. It could be like um, you're looking for them sort of indicators like um, in, increased sickness, um, you know, working to rule. You, you, you kind of understand the work to rule analogy. Um, you, you, them indicators will make themselves present. Now, if it gets to the point where, um, you know, you've had these one-to-ones, you're trying to understand, but there's still no improvement, then we'll start to move into the straight back zone. And the straight back zone is is basically where I, I need to see improvement now because I'm starting to build up evidence. You know, I'm, I'm documenting things. I'm, I'm I'm talking to the HR partners, and we're really starting to dig down into performance and capability because um, one of the things that we we talk about here at T two is um, challenge state and threat state. Um, now I understand that there is an element of threat state. You know, if 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 the pressure is coming from the workplace and and we can't control that for you, we need to put you in a better place where you can start to to, to Get yourself into this challenge state where you can you can you realize there is consequence but do you know what we're going to keep it positive we're going to still make the, the workplace enjoyable we need to be um, you know you need to get the team engaged but if an individual is really going against that re- being completely negative and these people are role models you know these people are role models to um, our new starters our new recruits um, apprentice you know the public when when they're out um, front facing uh, we need to take action and that's the straight back zone and that's yeah. where we do say right I need to see improvement. That's we're going to take this to the next level. Yeah. And you do, and then that is right with certain individuals. Let me just rewind a a split second and and come back to my two observations that I see across the public sector. Mm. I've worked heavily from the senior leadership teams across all public sector industries, right through to frontline supervisors. And if I was going to answer my own question around what do the leaders do when they're faced with disengagement and they're faced with, uh, you know, the wrong behaviors and mindsets, et cetera, and underperformance is twofold. Uh, Number one, I think the leaders in the public sector who are really good at helping team members rekindle with their purpose Mm -hmm. of why we do this in the first place, of painting that picture, of telling that story about the impact on the community or the impact on people's lives, or what we actually do and what it means for others. The, some of the leaders that I observe who manage performance really well and get people re-engaged are really, really good at that piece. And, you know, in its, in isolation, it's not enough, but it's the start. It's the start. You know, whenever I get a public sector cohort come through T2 and I'm working with them, we always get to the conversation of purpose. 
You know, when we do three core functions of human existence, we've got to survive. We're in survival mode, first and foremost, which is where a lot of these problems come from. Mm. Reproduce and, and continue the species, number two. And then number three, we have to have individual purpose. And when I get to that conversation, I always look deadpan in people's eyes from the public sector. And I, and I say to them, you know, sometimes you lose your purpose, the reason why you do what you do. And when you lose that, you've got no chance because you're not in it for the money, right? Mm. You're certainly not in it for the money. And it's a very challenging, scrutinized industry to be in at times, right? I said, but, you know, what you do is the ultimate purpose. You save lives. Mm. You impact lives. You change lives. Yeah. And there's not many people out in the corporate sector or the sporting world or any who can actually truly say that they directly do that. You yep. guys can. You can see their eyes light up. And I, and I go on to say to them, so you've got the greatest purpose of all. But if you lose sight of it and you disconnect from it, you've got nothing. Right? And I say you should be bloody proud of yourselves in terms of what you do because there's not many other roles in life, jobs, where you directly save, improve, or impact lives. And I, and and you can almost see him, Dale, for a split second, just hanging on my words and starting to reflect and think about what I've just said, and their sort of shoulders go back. Yeah. You know, they get a bit teary, some yeah. of them. And that's what the great leaders, in I think, in the public sector do. They don't allow their people to lose sight of the meaning that they have. It's exactly that, and and it's it's like I say, it's bringing the consequence back into focus. Why why are you here? You know, and and like if you ask enough times, you will get down to that. You know, you're here because you want to help people, you want to save people's lives. Well, let's do something about it then. You know, because your performance right now is not demonstrating that. You you you're forgetting about actually why you put this shirt on because you don't have to. Mm. You don't have to come work for us. And you know, I hear it every now and then. You know, I can get more money doing. Well, go do it then. Go, go do that because we need, you know, especially with tight budgets now and less people, we need, you know, high performers because high performance to us means saving someone's life. I used to say the yeah. same in the military. When I served in the military, there'd be people two years in who would be mourning, hated being away, hated operations, slagged the military off. And I used to sit there and say to them, you made this choice. Mm. Nobody forced you. There's no national service in this country anymore. You know, it's not like other countries like Turkey and Korea where you have to do a minimum requirement national services. It's not like that. You signed up. You chose to be here. Yeah. Why? Let's go back to that conversation. Why did you choose to be here? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think that's what the great leaders in the public sector do. They bring alive in the mind of their team members the reasons why hmm. they not only joined in the first place, but the impact they have on people and the, and the purpose that it gives them. The second element that I want to mention, Dale, is, and I, and I had a one-to-one -one with somebody who told me this story, which really rang true with me, is that there was a, I had a one-to-one -one with somebody from the public sector, and I won't share which one it was or what it is, but this was the general premise. They were disengaged. They were feeling like they were going to leave. They hated going on shift. Their sickness had gone up. They just was completely disillusioned. We started a conversation and talking. What really resonated with me is that actually the thing that that person was hanging on to was that they felt an allegiance to their boss. Yeah. They had a great boss who worked really hard, who was very respected, and they didn't want to let the boss down. It wasn't about the organization. There. So I thought, ooh, we've got something here mm. because that's a good thing. And then we started talking about stuff, and I was like, and they were like, right, well, when people are calling in sick and we don't have enough staff to even man the shift and this, that, and the other, I said, well, what, what, why do you keep going in then? Mm. Now, why do you keep going? 
because I don't want to let my boss down because what they do is they'll end up rolling their sleeves up and they'll do everything from emptying the bins to mopping the floors to actually running the shift. to the, And I know that my boss will not allow the shift to be unmanned, so they'll do it all themselves. Yeah. So you see, I aren't going to allow that to happen. I'm going to go in and support them. Mm. And I thought, wow, hang on a second. Let me just unpick that. This leader in particular is driving commitment and attendance and, you know, contribution by leading by example. Exactly. By not sitting there in the office going, we haven't got enough staff. You're going to have to do this or we're going to have to call more people in. That leader is quite willing to go, I'm going to keep showing up time and time again. I'm going to keep on keeping on. And if I have to do it all myself, right, others will eventually see me doing that and follow me. Yeah, and, I, and and for me, so the first element is they're great storytellers and visionaries around their purpose, but the second element is they don't give up and they certainly don't sit in their ivory tower with their badge on going, this is beyond me. Yeah, If we're short, I'll roll my sleeves up and I'll and, and I'll go in the trenches. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, so when, when we look at uh, sort of trust-based leadership, which is kind of what you're talking about, it's building up credibility. Um, and I'm guilty of it myself at the moment. Uh, you know, I work in a really busy, busy training team and and I'm dropping in and I'm delivering BA, I'm delivering RTC, you know, five ground skills. And it's just about demonstrating that this means a lot. It's, it, it means a lot to, to me, but it should mean a lot to us as a team because what we're producing is future firefighters, mm. people who are going to be out front facing um, you know, delivering a, a service to people who desperately, desperately need it in in the worst time of their lives, you know, and, and that's the importance, you know, if, if you can demonstrate that as a leader and fill that down for your team, then when it does get tough and things will get tough and things are going to continually get tough, you know, there'll be challenges ahead where we have to make tough decisions. Um, them decisions are easy because you've got a good team behind you or come with you with through it. The ones that drop off are the ones who um, just build on this negativity. Everything's a problem. Everything still is a problem, but it's how you face it. It's a mindset thing. Um, so you either come with us or, you know, if you don't, um, let's put something in place to try and invest in you, bring you, bring you with us. But ultimately, you're going to drop straight into the straight bat zone, which is takes us back to the start of the conversation around performance and capability. If you're not performing, um, you know, in, in line with our values, which is putting our communities first, having some honesty and integrity about you, then there's a problem and we, we need to do something about it. And coming back to the point, you will always drop in the straight back zone if you lose your purpose. That's it. If you lose your connection with what, I mean, I loved your line there around and it made me think while you was talking, you know, you think about fire, police, NHS, ambulance service, etc. They are, you know, fundamentally anybody who operates within those organizations are solely there for other human beings in the worst moments of their life. It's exactly that. I mean, that, that strap line alone makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Mm. And and I think if you lose, if an individual loses sight of that, they'll drop into the straight back zone yeah. because they'll become disengaged. They'll become overly focused on what we don't do well or what the problems are or the pay or the structure or whatever it might be. And don't get me wrong, I'm not doing those uh, challenges a disservice we know there's challenge with pay in the public sector. We know there's challenge with pensions. We know there's challenge with resources and staffing levels. We know all this, right? And they are legitimate mm. challenges that will inhibit people, will frustrate people, etc. But I think you can navigate all of those challenges when you're fully connected to your purpose. Yeah. If you become disconnected from that purpose for one second, one week, one month, all of those other things become 
they they're magnified they become so much greater that you know these this is where people fall into that classic straight back zone yeah. so so leaders listening to this or organizations listening to this think about a couple of principles we're talking about we need to get that accountability back to do the job we signed up to do to do how we need to reconnect with our purpose right we need to get storytelling we need to ask some questions we need to deep dive into what it is that we're here to do and ask ourselves the question do we still want to do that yeah or not it's it's that it's um, visual reminders. It could be infographics and um, whatever it is. It's that it's that co- it's that subconscious reminder what you're doing, why why you're here, the impact that you're having. Because you can lose focus. Mm. It can become very selfish. Around there's always going to be um, things around pay conditions, and you know within the public sector, there's you know, some unions that do fantastic work around challenging that, holding people to account. But at my level, my my level is about service delivery. It's about what our communities feel. Um, and, and, you know, you summed it quite nicely there. You you think about your own family or friends, members of the public that, you know, God forbid that they, they, they need us. We need to be on, on our game. We need to be absolutely, um, you know, flying in, in terms of performance. And, and the only way we can do that is keeping that sense of focus in, in what we're here for, keeping consequence within our lens, you know, making sure that we're aligned to it and constantly reminding people. Do you, know, do you know the part you play in this? And it's such a huge part, and we, and we need to make sure this is this is really good. And to me, that's the ultimate purpose. Yeah. With one minute to go, Dale, we could talk all day about this, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll come back. But in summary, dealing with underperformance in the public sector is not as easy as other sectors. No. But it's not impossible. That's right. And you know, engage your teams, show empathy, ask questions, listen. The main focus for any public sector leader is to help people reconnect with their purpose. Yeah because it is the ultimate purpose and also roll up your sleeves and lead by example. Because if you're a good person and a good leader who people trust and have high degrees of rapport with, they won't allow you to, to be in the trench on your own. They'll follow. That's it. Right? And I think that's, you start there and you won't go too far wrong. Yeah. Dale Barrett, loved that, mate. Thank you very much. No, thank you. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. 